Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. Best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory, with the all-important Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a great service department that takes care of everything for you. I mean, they take care of everything. Uh, Inspections, routine, diagnostics, they handle it all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 to 15, Humble's Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. By the way, Jordan Addison has it down to Texas or USC, according to on3.com. Ladies and gentlemen, time now for Wine Fest 2022. We bring in Matt Cattrall. How's it going? Me? Great. Yeah. I the, only am... person has, the only person that has complaints here is you. <laughs> I really can't think of anything off the top of my head, to be honest with you. I'm all happy. We got James Bradbury. You mean somebody else cast off? Doesn't matter. He was there for the taking. Howie did what he had to do. I can't help cast... that the Giants GM doesn't know how to handle the cap. Doesn't know how to handle the cap. Yeah, that's why the Giants let him go. Everybody runs into that. Why do you think Tyreek Hill? Has, okay, so no, it's Brett Feach from Mount Carmel. You want to tell him that? Well, they just didn't want to pay him. No, 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 no. It's also a way to handle the cap. Devontae Adams, way to handle the cap. If you want, we can call Brett up right now, you know, the Mount Carmel guy, and we can tell him that you know more about how to handle the cap than anybody else. No? No, we don't need to do that. But no, Of course not. We'd like to get him back on the show. But, yeah, no, we don't need I to mean, do I, that. I mean, I want to bring him back on at some point, but not for this reason. And they wanted to keep Tyreek Hill. They... Well, I guess they didn't want to keep that. They didn't really want to keep Tyreek Hill. The <laughs> Giants wanted to keep. Wanted to keep Hill. The, It'd still be a Kansas City yeah, Chief. Exactly. The Giants okay. wanted to keep James Brad James Bradbury, and they couldn't. They wanted to actually keep him. The Chiefs wanted to move on because they they're part of this. So, so a general manager who inherits a salary structure, it's his fault because they don't know what they're doing. He's been in there for a while now, though. No, he hasn't. He's been there since January. Well, with the new regime and everything, yeah. <laughs> what do you think I just said? <laughs> he inherited the salary structure. Yeah, it's the, it's Gettleman's. It's Dave Gettleman's fault, the former GM. It's it's not Joe Shion's fault now. 
I said it was Gettleman's fault. It wasn't Gio, no, Joe Shio's fault. No, you didn't. You said just because the Giants don't know how to handle the salary structure, it's not the current guy's fault. He just took the job. Yeah, it's <laughs> Jake Gettleman's like, fault. Right? Either way, the Giants, the Giants couldn't handle the cap, so that's why they let him go. I'm not saying it's any one person's fault except Gettleman. Are you a Sixers fan? Yes. The only team in the history of professional sports to fall below the floor financially and get fined for it? Yeah, I hear you. That was embarrassing. No, I wasn't embarrassed. I didn't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. You got to retread. You're all happy. All right, good. Uh <laughs> Oh my goodness! It, I'm trying to think what difference it's going to make in the done. All right, but I'm glad you're happy though. Oh yeah, I'm all I'm all fired up today. You had a what a ten interception season for the Giants? I believe so. It's been him and Darius no, Slade no, that have no, averaged. <laughs> No, but there, there's a. I made up a number. <laughs> no, but there's a stat out there that it's him and Darius Slay that lead the league in interceptions and pass breakups per year over the last uh, couple seasons. I forget the exact numbers, but and now you have both of them on either side. Wow, this is great! It's like having two Deion Sanders. <laughs> oh my Almighty! How how many do you need? You got two Deion Sanders. You, I mean, really, you guys are you guys are fired up, man. No you excuses for Jalen Hurts this year. No excuses for Jonathan Gannon this year. What about Nick Sirianni? Yeah, no excuse. Nobody, no excuses for anybody. What about your fan base? Santa Claus comes in. What are you gonna do? Well, A, we don't have to worry about it because they'll be at Dallas for Christmas Eve this year. Did you see what the what the that weekend who's playing who? Besides Eagles Dallas? Yeah. Did you see that? Oh, the which... Raiders the Raiders were at the Steelers. Oh yeah, if that's the uh Immaculate Reception anniversary, yes. Yeah, it's the 50th anniversary of it. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, that's going to be awesome. God, I was watching that game that day. And, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, it was really was not a good game. Uh, it, until it got to the end. I mean, the Steelers were controlling most of the game. And then, I want to say... Was it? I don't know if it was Stabler or LaMonica. I want to say it was Stabler. Threw a touchdown pass to Mike Ciani. I want to say he was out of Villanova. And also, no, out of nowhere, after winning the game 6 nothing, 6 nothing, 6 nothing, the Steelers shoot down 7-6. I'm going, this is bad. I was rooting for the Steelers. Like, holy mackerel. And then, you know, of course, they come up with the miracle play and yeah. Something else, huh? 
But yeah, it'll be the 50th anniversary of it. Now, today that play is completely legal. Back then, it was a big dispute. Just like the John Unitas touchdown pass in the Super Bowl to John Mackey, a seven, the 75-yarder. Today, nobody would have thought twice of, you know, John Unitas and John Mackey, 75 yards. But Eddie Hinton hit the ball first. And um, and back then, it couldn't be two offensive players deflecting the ball to one another. Well, it's the same thing with, like, the, it's always been did Tatum hit it or did Fuqua hit it? Well, today it wouldn't have been a debate. It would not have mattered. Back then, the rule was two offensive players back-to-back could not hit the ball. That's why they say Mel Renfro, his fingertip hit the ball, so Mackey, it was a touchdown. Okay. Here with Fuqua, you claim that Jack Tatum hit it, and that's the... You know, and that's why you know that's why they claimed it was allowed to stay. Or it's incredible. Yeah. Now the Steelers did not win the Super Bowl that year. They got to the AFC Championship game. They lost to Miami. Um. But after that, then they won four Super Bowls in six years. They got six Super Bowls. How many of you guys have? Oh, that's right. We got one. See, Dallas has, what, five? Correct. Giants have four. And Washington has three. Hmm. Well, at least not you're in the club. That's the first step. We're up to 56 Super Bowls, so it took you a while. But... (laughs) Oh, no wonder you guys booed Santa Claus. F-O-U-L-E-D, that spells Fowler. You booed Santa Claus. How can you do that? I mean, is this what you're going to teach your kids? I just want to know. No, I'll be teaching them that's kind of a fraud story. While oh, also a, teaching that, yes, oh, no, we don't do that to Santa Claus. It's it's a fact. We mean, a fraud story. It's not a fraud story. It's fact. Santa got booed at, at the vet. Hey, come on. Bad. This is not good. It's not good. And this is what you're teaching your kids? Come on. It's like when you bought Bitcoin at 60000 Are we, we going to teach them that too? <laughs> come on. Come on. S-U-I-T. That spells Suta. Uh, that's, Bradbury does, I mean, let's face it, Bradbury fills, fills a need in a hole. I think he's good. Um, is he poor? No. Is he fair? No. Is he great? No. But he's good. He's good to very good. So it's an upgrade. He got a one-year $10 million deal. Okay. I mean, that's good. Um, he, he Are they better because they have him? Yes. Uh, is he the second coming of Deion Sanders? No. But are they better with him? Yes. How about that for a fair evaluation? Yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, you're better off with him than without him. Yeah. 
Now we'll see how how everything holds up. I mean, so much of this depends on who who holds up. You know? But the reason Bradbury was available, the Giants needed the cap space to sign their draft picks. That's the only way they could do it. You know? Um, now, here's what, if you're an Eagles fan, what do you worry about? You're all, like, jumping for joy here. You don't know what you're getting here. What's Bradbury's problem? Show ends at five. I mean, you're all jumping for joy. What's his problem? Well, he's had he's had some injuries, hasn't he? Nagging Achilles. Okay, Achilles is a problem, but that's the big problem. Because last season, he you know he didn't play well last year. You know that, right? Yeah, I do. I mean, now I realize because of Jalen Hurts, nobody in the Eagles' offense played well in the game against the Giants. I mean, would you guys score six points? It was uh, 14-13, I think it was, up there. Yeah. Bradbury had a problem last year, big-time Achilles problem last year, nagging. He couldn't push off on it last year. Um. Now, he's going to help the Eagles, but again, that's going to be... Okay, the Eagles have to answer themselves a question. Did the dip in performance last year? And he di- he dipped. There's no doubt he dipped last year. Was it because of the nagging Achilles or is it because of age? This is the part where you need to find religion. <laughs> but you got Hassan Reddick, you got Jordan Davis. Nicobe Dean signed his contract the other day. Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett. I mean, the only key guys that departed that defense are Alex Singleton, Rodney McLeod, and uh, Steve Nelson. Pass rush should be better. Secondary a little better. I think Dean's going to be a real player for him. I like Dean. It's just, I mean, you. Uh, it's incredible. Like they make one acquisition and like, like this, you don't you know nothing about him. <laughs> you just know he's a name. You don't know he was hurt last year. You don't know his performance dipped last year. I, right? I know all that. Yeah. <laughs> you do now because of the show. That Steve, thanks for doing the show today and informing us on what we got. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just giving you a hard time, but I mean those. Are, what I did tell you is all facts, all right? Those were all facts. When he's healthy, he's a very, very good player. There's no getting around it. The question is, is he healthy? Because last year he wasn't, and you're talking. And Achilles is one where you sit back and go, I hope he's okay. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, Matt will tell us exactly what he's going to tell his kids about if Santa Claus doesn't bring them the right things, do they boo him at the food court? Because they're now, you know, because they they wear all that Eagles garb, 
So uh, the question is, do you want to fit in? Do do you want your kids to fit in? No good! No good! No good! It's just a simple question. Do you want your kids to fit in? Santa Claus, boo! I mean, now you got him now. Now you got him singing the Sixers song, and like everybody at school is looking at him, going, <laughs> "I'm a Heat and Celtics fan now." What are, what are you doing? In which case, I'll be teaching them, "Don't be front runner fans like those fan bases are, especially Miami." Excuse me. Right. Let me give you a piece of advice when it comes to sports: always root for the team that wins. You want to know why? You always go home happy. Here <laughs> <laughs> on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the Mm. out of auto repair. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, almost warp online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best of new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the all-important Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a great service department that takes care of everything from inspections to routine to diagnostics, you name it, they can do it. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf online at sunburymotors.com. Joined now by the outstanding Ala Abdel Nabi, who joins us to talk about uh, the Sixers and the NBA playoffs. Ala, welcome. It's great to have you with us. Good to be with you, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Um, as you watched it play out, can you give us an idea, as someone who knows this, has played it, the kind of guts that Joel Embiid played with uh, as we watched him during the course of the playoffs and especially after he got hurt so badly in the thumb and in the face? Well, listen, I think um, he's come a long way, hasn't he, from a guy who, uh, when he first got into the league, people wondered um, whether he was going to amount to anything, whether or not he was worthy of such a high pick. you know, that navicular bone that he had in his foot that he had to deal with for two years, um, you know, had a lot of doubters around. So I, when, when you ask that question, that's what makes me think of his journey. Uh, and to see him now and where he's come, but not only a guy who plays practically night in and night out, but last year had the best year. Um, 
I, it just speaks to his drive. It just speaks to his desire, um, his hunger. I think he sees a lot of his friends around him in the league who um, have celebrated and have been champions, and I think he wants a piece of that. I think he wants um, to be considered great, um, and I think he wants to leave a legacy. And, you know, he realizes that he doesn't want to be on that side of guys who uh, never won but were great. He wants to be a guy who was great and also won. And I thought you saw all of his desire on full display especially in the playoffs. Nobody is healthy um, or fully healthy come playoff time. But he was certainly um, carrying a bunch of stuff that other guys weren't. And like I said, I was impressed. um, And to be able to, you know, finish off Toronto up there in a tough scenario and then to come back and then have to deal with the facial situation uh, just compounded things. But um, I don't think there's any doubt um, and how bad he is and how bad he wants it. All right, so let me ask you this. Is there a concern on your part that's around this all the time that years are slipping away from surrounding a transcendent talent without making deeper runs? Well, I think everybody's aware of the window, right? That proverbial window of opportunity that he's operating under, that the Sixers are operating under and are very well aware of. Um, the trick is to put pieces around him, right? And I, I, James Harden was was an experiment. I think it's an experiment that's still ongoing. And Tobias Harris um, has played probably his best, most clutch basketball. He was really good throughout throughout the playoffs. Tyrese Maxey is coming into his own. So mm-hmm. there are some pieces there, but I think everyone watching realizes that there's still – a few pieces away would love to see some more athleticism um, and length in, in, in as far as the three four position is concerned but um, you know they're not that far away they just need a few other pieces around Joel but what a great place to start when you have the big fella all right so let's let's get to the hardened part I mean they acquire him and they had time to integrate him and he had time to adjust to the sixers style. What worked and what didn't work as you watched it on an everyday basis? Well, with all due respect, I'm not sure he did have enough time to adjust. You know, I I kind of equate it to a quarterback being traded during the regular season in the NFL. You don't see it because it's really hard to change um, a a floor leader out there in midstream and then have to pick up the terminology on both ends of the floor. You're the head of the defense on one end, and then you're the leader on the offensive end of the floor. That's a lot. Um, And then we don't know how healthy he's been, um, you know, in a Sixer uniform because we knew when he left Brooklyn that he was kind of harboring a groin. And I can speak to you, you know, not personally, but with guys that I've played with that have had that issue, it doesn't just go away. Um, Those are kind of things. Ask Devin Booker. You know, he was dealing with one as well. And you know, he, it kind of reared its ugly head a couple of weeks ago for that for him. So, again, I'm not sure he was 100%. I would love to see him at 100% and the benefit of starting a training camp. Then I think we could fairly judge him. I know okay. it's easy for him for us to label him, you know, as a guy who fell short because the Sixers fell short. But I'm not quite sure he was at full strength. So it's hard to judge a guy like that. So, what do you think of his game? How do you think he actually should be integrated? Well, I, I think he's still a heck of a passer. 
Um, you know, and, and he was all the way up until the end. Um, I just don't know if that explosiveness is still there. But again, I go back to the groin because if your groin is bothering you, you can't be as explosive. And his game was to get by the first guy covering him and then create advantages offensively. You didn't see that, especially against Miami. Now, give credit to Miami because I'm watching them play the way they did last night against the Celtics. Miami's defense is really, really good. So it wasn't one-on-one. It was more one-on-three. And I don't know if anybody, not just James Harden, can get through three defenders each time down the floor. So, again, a tough thing to judge because they were going up against a really good Miami defense that smothered him. He saw bodies when he crossed half court. There weren't a lot of places for him to go. But, again, shooting is also involved with your legs. And if your groin is kind of yeah. off, you're not, you know, you're not balanced. So there's a lot of things that I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for right now. Um, but, again, like I said, if you have a whole season underneath your belt and preseason camp and you're presumed healthy, then I think we start to judge you. Right, exactly. Uh, look, everything's tight this time of the year. Is this a question of missing a couple plays in the first half of a game, maybe a couple plays in the second half, and that's why it's not happening because the margin is so thin at this point? Well, I think part of it, too, is how you close out um, quarters and halves. I think that's a big part of it, too, because you want to be heading into the locker room with momentum. And the 76ers, I don't think they did a really good job against the Miami Heat of closing out third quarters because – you never felt really good about their chances going into the fourth. So um, you could also say about their games down in Miami, the second quarter, finishing the second quarter, with the exception of maybe game one. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's how you play. And like you said, it's such a small margin of error. Every possession counts. Um, I think when you fall short, everything becomes magnified. But again, I, I repeat, I don't think the Sixers are that far off. I just think you need some athleticism and some more threes. The old three and D's, what they call them. Um, I'd like yeah. to see a few more of those characters out on the floor. Yeah, no, exactly. All right, uh, Celtics played last night without Smart. Horford held, hung in for a while. Jimmy Butler at 17. Heat won. Got Warriors. They're going to be in action. And they're not going to face the Suns. They're going to face Doncic and the Mavs. Let's take each series. I mean, you saw you saw all, all four teams. I mean, what what do you think of Heat and, and, and Celtics? Well, I think it's going to be physical, and I think last night was a good example of that. And you heard Ime Udoka after the game talking about how his team has to adjust to that because there's a lot at stake. The games are big games now. That everyone there's a lot to play for. Is my point and. Um, if it gets physical, you can't back down from that. You've got to match that. You've got to be able to play through that. And I think that's where he may notice last night that they got punched in the mouth a little bit from Miami. Give them credit. Um, and the Celtics, if they want to hang in this, have got to respond to it. All right. So then you've got Dallas and and the Warriors. Dallas went in to Phoenix. And that's one of the worst Game 7 home performances I've ever seen by a team. Hey, ever, in anything. Uh, <laughs> anything. Uh, so, why? <laughs> why did that happen? Well, I can just tell you that 
Phoenix didn't make adjustments. You know, they were taking the ball out of Chris Paul's hands early, as soon as he crossed half court a lot of times, and made other people start the offense, and it kind of threw them off. And I, I'm just surprised um, that they didn't make the adjustments necessary um, for them to overcome that. That and Luka was just on fire. Not only was he making yeah. huge buckets for them, but he was also getting other guys involved and other guys stepped up, whether it was Brunson certain nights, Dinwiddie more recently. Um, they've got some pieces there. I still think the Warriors are too much for them, um, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be fun to watch because I think Luka, uh, on the other end, at least gives Dallas a fighting chance each and every time down yeah. the floor. I felt, and I said this after game four, which was in Dallas, I said, Dallas Chris Paul will try to play bully ball with you at times. That's a compliment that's not meant to be a cut. I said, Dallas is playing bully ball with him. And you and I know that sometimes guys that play that way don't like it when they're played with on, on that end of the floor. Did you see that? I felt like Dallas like like physically went at him when he was playing defense. I think, well, especially when they had they'd switch up and they'd have him on Luka. Luka's a big boy. Luca's a good yeah. six seven, and I, even in that series, you saw him post up eight. So I don't think he was afraid to post up anybody uh, on that Phoenix team. And he's just so gifted, he's so talented, and he's such a good passer that if he does draw double teams, he makes you pay for him. If not, he's able to shoot over him. And yeah, I, your point is well taken. In that, if you want a guy who is not going to be so vigorous on the offensive end. Maybe make him defend on the defensive yeah. end and take his legs yeah. out. He's not going to be attacking you with the same kind of vigor. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I completely thought that they occupied Chris on the defensive end, and it may have taken something out of him. He is 37, after all. <laughs> Jeez, that didn't make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm 53. He's much younger than either oh, oh, you or I. I'm saying I'm 64. <laughs> well, God love I'm, you. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to remember 37. <laughs> I'll say that Doncic. I'll give him credit for the other. Or I'll give him a lot of credit. He plays with a little bit of swag, doesn't he? <laughs> he yeah, just... yeah, and, and and it seems like it's hard to get under his skin. I think he relishes it. Yeah, um, and his play backs it up too. You know. It, it was pretty impressive. I, like you said, I never seen anybody get completely washed like that. The the, the Suns laid down. Um, it was mystifying, uh, and, and it was kind of you know obviously boring. But at the same time, you kind of yeah. your mouth was agape because you couldn't believe that they didn't have a run in them. It was just so yeah. one sided from the get go. Um, yeah, it was it was disappointing. Yeah, sixty four wins in the regular season. <laughs> Well, that that that's the context that makes it disappointing, right? Yeah, exactly. You expected more of them. I mean, they had eighteen losses. Yeah, no, oh. and 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 I saw them play it live, and I saw them play other nights when they were playing other opponents besides the Sixers, and yeah. they're really really good because yeah, the game the game is played with the backcourt now, and they have two of the best backcourt players yeah. in the league. Especially during the regular season, so that's what you know. That's what they had going for themselves. But when you take that away, you start to see what a huge drop off it is when Chris Paul is having a hard time playing at his level. Well, you're among the best in the business. I appreciate the time you gave us today and the perspective, Allah. Thanks so much. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. We'll see you next season.
You bet. Ala Abdel Nabi. Now, my question to you is, do you feel better after listening to that? I'll say slightly, because I feel like when it comes to the hardened injury thing with him, if mm-hmm. if he weren't healthy enough, I, 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 the Sixers were so well, careful with him well, early on. Yeah but, yeah, but you can play, okay, you can play, okay, banged up, but you have to make adjustments. All right, let me play this way. And this is, I'm not kidding around with you this time, okay? This is not, okay? No no funny stuff. You can be hurt, which he was. Not injured, but hurt. But it limits you as to certain things you can do, and shooting is one of them. I mean, you, you need your legs. No, no, right? No question. So, okay, we're on that. And... You're saying, well, okay, maybe you shouldn't be playing, except he was their best option. He's good enough to play. He's their best option to play because they don't have a better option than him. But he had to adjust his game to do it. Again, that is the difference in an answer of someone who's around the team all the time versus somebody who's at 30,000 feet. No question. I'm talking about Allah's answer. I'm not yes. talking about my answer. No question about that. So it gives everybody at least a little perspective of, okay, all right. But you can't say, well, if he's if he's hurt, you can't play him. No, you can play him if they're hurt. It also means they've got to make some adjustments to their game because they're hurt. Because in all likelihood, he is still the best option hurt as opposed to going to somebody else. Right? Absolutely. This is the part of the trade, and you have to give something to get something. I got it. But in the trade, they dealt Seth Curry, and they dealt Andre Drummond. Right? Mm-hmm. And this is under the category of you have to give something to get something. This is maybe having that extra shooter, and you know I like Seth Curry as a shooter. I mean, you know, I've talked about that before. You know, he, is he a star or anything? No, he's not his brother, okay? But he's a really good shooter. All right. And then there's Drummond. He would have been the one that filled in for Embiid. It's weird how it works out sometimes. Yeah, I think that's well said. Yeah. Seth, Seth yeah. Curry, he's not a star, but he's that good compliment piece that you need. And yep. Drummond would have been a much better option than, I mean, he played as hard yes. as he could. Yes. I mean, no no question. I mean, he would be the option guy. Okay? He would have been the guy to step in for Embiid and would have given them a physicality, because Drummond will be physical, that could have helped them. But again, in order to make a trade, anytime you make a trade and you're a good trading partner, you do give something to get something. So I'm not criticizing the deal. I'm just saying it's interesting how it worked out. Yeah, no question. And either way, I don't think Harden's worth a max deal. But if you want to bring him back, just don't give him that Uh, money. Boy, the NBA's it's hard on some of these decisions, Matt. It really is. Like so, so if you're talking, because how old's Harden now? Ninety, ninety-five. No. How how old's Harden now? Harden's what thirty seven? He said. 
No, Paul's 37. Paul, yeah, Harden Paul is, is what, 37. 30... How old is James Harden? 32. 32. So the max deal would be how many years? Five years? Six years? What's you're, the max deal? Four years? Yeah, you're, you're maybe talking... Two, maybe, maybe go two years. I don't know. It's, it's, it's probably going to be... F- It'll probably be four or five, and you're going to be close to 200 mil, if not exceed that. Okay. Now, do I give the max deal to Harden? Well, it's a hard call. Just like I, although here's this is weird. I think Kyrie Irving is a massively talented player. He is a great talent. He is a great quote basketball player. All right, especially offensively. But I wouldn't give him the max deal because I just think that I think there's other areas that that override his basketball ability that he's shown over and over again that I can't trust as an owner or as a general manager. Yeah, both he's in, massive both, pain both, in the rear end, both in the locker room and whatever. Okay, uh, Harden. Here's my problem with Harden, and I know he's banged up. I don't like how he got himself out of Houston. I don't. And in a lot of ways, I'm not quite sure I like how he got himself out of Brooklyn. I, okay. Yeah. And so that's what makes some of these decisions. Now, Joel Embiid, he wants the max deal. I'm like, let's get it done now. Uh, there's a big difference. Like, if If I'm going max deal... If Chris Middleton wants a max deal, yeah. Because I just feel like Chris Middleton gives you max effort every night and is a pro's pro. Now, is he a superstar? No. Is he the best player in the Bucks? No. But he is in the 1B category of stars in the league. That's fine. Being a 1B is great. That's longevity. Um... I felt it was like a guy that's not a max deal. Let me tell you a guy that's not a max deal. All right. But a guy that helps you, that releases help the Celtics, is Al Horford. Because he's a pro's pro. And yet in Philadelphia, it didn't work out for him. I don't know why. But the, uh, making a call in a max deal for Harden is very difficult. Because, A, who do you who would be playing that position whether they're outside the organization now or within the organization, they can play it better than him. And what kind of game is James Harden have three years from now? I don't know. That's what makes these decisions tough, tough calls. Hey, Rob Cooper, next hour, we're going to talk a little Penn State baseball. Dave Zangaro, who will solve all the problems at 435 today here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Okay.